0: This is Canada Reads American Style, featuring two friends who love Canada Reads and Canadian literature. Welcome our host, Rebecca from Michigan and Tara from Ontario. Hi
1: everyone, it is Rebecca and Tara, and I am really excited about our guest for Reader Repartee today because it is my good friend and former colleague, Jeff from California, but I have to say, this proves that it isn't just Tara that has friends and family that are willing to be on Reader Repartee, <laughs> but I finally, I bagged one for myself. So anyway, uh, Jeff, welcome. We are so, I am especially, but we are so thrilled to have you on today.
0: Well, hello, and I'm, I'm thrilled to be here too, and it's great to hear your voice.
1: So, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself?
0: Sure. No, I'd love to. Um, So, I am in the great state of California, even though there's trees all over the streets because it's been raining with 50-mile-an-hour winds for the last two weeks. But um, I've been an adult services librarian uh, at the Sacramento Public Library for 23 years. And as much as I love it, I'm also looking forward to... uh, Much time off when I retire in three years, and then I can um, actually do some real reading. What else? So love living in California and planning to stay here when I retire as well.
1: I just have to say, I'm really disappointed that you're not moving to Chicago, because I was really hoping you're going to make that change and move to Chicago.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, (laughs) I (laughs) will point in three years. Uh, no, I love Chicago. Absolutely is, uh, you know, my favorite city in the entire world. Um, it is a little colder than I like. Yeah. And strangely, my health care when I retire probably will not afford me much outside of California. But uh, you never know. If a dream job comes along, uh, I would I would love to move to Sarah Peretzky's hometown.
1: There you go. Yay. Oh, thank you for giving her the shout out. I appreciate Absolutely. that. All right. <laughs>
2: Okay, Jeff, before we get started, I also want to welcome you because I think you are our first American reader. Wow. As reader okay. repartee. Yeah, so that's pretty exciting. Okay, question number one How did you become a reader?
0: Well, this was a really fun one to, to write and take notes on because I have to credit the first librarian in my life, Miss Caravella, uh, was at my grade school, Roosevelt. Grade school in Wauwatosa, Wisconsin. Um, She was awesome. I I remember her uh, even in kindergarten for story times, just instilling this awesome love of books. And what also helped—well, several things. But um, on top of her being such an inspiration, I had a lot of friends who were readers, and we read together, which was which was fabulous. Growing up, I come from. Uh, older parents. Uh, My mom was in her late thirties when I was born and my dad's 15 years older than hers. So my brother and sister, which are separated by 10 years from me, were not really around and they both worked full time. So uh, as you know, in the Midwest, when we got weather of all types, blizzards, and I would have to be home for, uh, you know, weeks on end because it was just impossible to be outside playing, uh, I just dove into books. And, uh, you know, we read in reading circles as kids, grade school. Um, so that really fostered it. Um, and then I have to say series books for me as a kid, especially with my group of friends, starting out with, you know, the usual uh, Nancy Drew series, the Hardy Boy series. And you'll get a kick out of this because I had a really vivid imagination Reading, I put myself in the story and would write little addendums at the end of the chapters, and I would pretend I was their kid detective cousin from Canada visiting for the summer.
1: <laughs> I love that. <laughs>
0: so, yeah, and um, uh, so those series, and then of course the um, you know the mystery ones, Encyclopedia Brown. Now I'll tell you, I was heartbroken. As a librarian, I didn't know this until years, years later, that Carolyn Keene uh, and Franklin Dixon aren't actual people, that those series, that those were, you know, uh, pseudonyms of like stables of writers that would crank out the series by formula, because I thought that they were just such amazing people that they could write that much. But so those series, you know, really kept my interest. I did go back as an adult and reread some of them and then also watched the, um, the TV show mm-hmm. with uh, Sean Cassidy and Pamela mm-hmm. uh, Sue Martin. And um, it just has to be a sophistication because I remember thinking those were absolutely the best books in the world when I was a kid and I rereading them as, as an adult with a little more sophisticated taste. <laughs> wow. They did not hold up. at all. <laughs> <laughs> But you couldn't have told me that as a kid.
1: I know I did the same thing. I went back and reread some of the Nancy Drews, and and I was the same way. And I was just like, "Wow, okay." But hey, as a kid, we love them. So,
2: mm-hmm. well, I'm not going to go back and read them now. I'm no. just going to leave them.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I will say that kind of inspiration, friends who read, and and then timing, because I uh, Valentine's Day I will be 52. And I did not grow, I mean, I was the first kid on my block to have cable, but I, I feel like I would have gotten sucked into, you know, if it was today, video games and, you know, there's what, three, four million stations on cable, (laughs) all the, all the housewives garbage that's out there. Um, I, the timing when there wasn't all of those distractions, I was able to, you know, reading was it. So uh, the timing was part of it, too.
1: You know, that's a really good point, because I do think it is easy to just find other things to do other than read. And so I love that you had you were really you had that relationship with a librarian at such a young age. So I love that. That's awesome. So the next question is, what book do you wish you could read again for the first time and have that feeling of having read it again?
0: Yeah, that one is an easy one because it, it it just popped into my head right away. And again, uh, you know, my love with mysteries, Agatha Christie, as far as I'm concerned, can do no wrong. Her first book is The Murder of Roger Ackroyd, and I remember Rebecca, we read it was one of my picks when you and I were in that book group together.
2: That's right. I forgot yeah.
0: that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So um, if you, I'm gonna spoiler alert. I'm just gonna tell you.
2: Don't you spoil too much.
1: Oh well. <laughs> no. No. Tara, have you read that one yet?
2: I haven't. I'm going to read it next. No, go ahead, Jeff. It's okay.
1: Okay. Be careful. Yeah. Don't. We don't want to. We don't want to ruin that. Yeah. But go ahead.
0: Uh, okay. Well, I'll just <laughs> say then that her her use of the first person narrative was uh, groundbreaking at the time, and uh, for those who don't know anything about, well, most people know. Agatha Christie is a whodunit, yeah. and um, I'll just say that the use of of the narrator uh, towards the end, the last ten pages, my my jaw was on on the ground, and I, I felt almost a little betrayed by her or tricked mm. by, by by the unethical use of the of the first person narrative
2: in really? the
0: book. But because um, that
2: is I'm that is next on my Jeff. I'm doing like an Agatha Christie. Challenge for myself, like I just want to okay. go through over in the next several years, and that's actually the next book on my uh list of hers to read. So I'm you've got me like super excited to oh, read. Oh, yeah,
0: now. no, you, yeah. you will. And, and uh, again, the ending it, it and I so I was home with Mono and I read all of Agatha Aga Christie's in a row, probably like wow. 70 of them because I was home for a month. And and of course I was the first one. And to this day, I just remember like the world stopped at the end because it was that shocking. Uh, and I you know I was like sixteen, but still, yeah. To this day, rereading it, it's one of those books that I'll go back and reread maybe every couple of years. But okay. to be able to do it again without knowing how it ends, and to have that kind of uh, just suspense and that kind of uh, that first feeling. Uh I'd love to I'd love to be able to experience that again.
1: That's a cool answer. Yeah. Uh yeah, I forgot we read that. Yeah.
0: Oh, and I wanted to uh, just bring this up too. And we, we have plenty of time, I assume. Because of that the trick and and how it was used, it inspired me to also write. And just a funny story about that. After I read that, I actually wrote an episode of Murder She Wrote. Because you know, it's very similar if, mm-hmm. with uh hmm. Angela Lansbury. If it, I'm sure it's in Canada too, um I hope.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I submitted it and I thought, you know, they're going to they're going to jump at this and I'm going to be famous and <laughs> 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 No, but and it, but they did not break my heart. They didn't take it obviously, but they were very diplomatic because the the letter that I got back from them was we have stables of writers that are paid and they were <laughs> <laughs> and they are working two years in advance filming, um, but they said it it was not, didn't have anything to do with the writing or the plot or anything like that. And, they, you know, they thanked me. So I thought that it wasn't, you know, I, I was kind of, I was kind of flattered. Uh,
1: so you were 16 when you sent that in or whatever. Is that about how old you were when you submitted it then?
0: I was. I was a sophomore so in high school. Cool. Yeah. yeah, I love that. And I that. thought that would be funny if they used it as like a like a springboard to say, "And next on She Wrote, written by sixteen-year-old." <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, thank you. That was a great answer. Sure, yeah, that
2: was okay. a great one. Okay, question three: Which author, living or dead, would you like to meet in person, and why?
0: Okay, so Rebecca's going to get a kick out of this one, too, because this will <laughs> go back to our book group, but um, I'm going to say Joe Esterhaus.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh, Jeff. Are you serious? Oh, my yes. gosh. Okay, okay, go and ahead. And I
0: will, I will explain why. Okay.
1: <laughs> oh, God. Now,
0: he has published several books, but primarily, if, you, if you're not familiar with him, he's one of the highest paid and most controversial screenplay writers, uh, movie writers. In, in Hollywood. And um I, I had picked a book for our book group called American Rhapsody, uh that he wrote. And uh, just to give you a taste of uh the kind of controversy is, he's the author of Showgirls, uh, Basically Basic oh. Instinct, Jagged Edge, and then some real bomb well, you know, like Showgirls, and then like yeah. some other really like sexual thrillers like Jade. And he also wrote one of my favorite movies, Music Box with Jessica Lange, And Flashdance was one of his first oh, scripts. But he I was a one Dance. who would get like, you know, three million dollars for, you know, three pages of a write-up before he wrote the script. So he was he was really kind of a rock star. He's a Hungarian born man who, as a child, lived in uh, a refugee camp outside of uh, Allied occupied Austria. And he just had a fascinating Life uh, on top of being a really usually brilliant writer, he had found out that his father was had committed war crimes and and disowned him, and he had written a whole book about that. And and the title on that one escapes me, but I had gone back and read uh, all of his screenplays. They're all either online or you can get them through ILL or Link Plus. They're actually published out there. And I think what fascinates me the most about him and what I would like to ask him if I if I was able to have a conversation is, what is your process? Because I've always thought, you know, we all have a book in us, but do you storyboard? Do you just sit down and type nonstop for three hours and then just cherry pick the good part? You know it, those those kinds of things really fascinate me, and the fact that he's so prolific, his his uh, screenplays are so tight, and so much goes on. Like you know how like in short stories, like every sentence counts. Mm-hmm. Every every everything, every direction in his screenplays are are uh, purposeful. They mean something. I just find it really fascinating. It's funny too because and some his stuff tends to be so misogynistic, even though. In his personal life, he's such a, a huge supporter of women's rights. And, you know, he's, he's just such a um, contradiction of a, of, a, of a human being. So it would be good old Joe.
1: Wow. I didn't know that about his father and everything. So that's actually interesting. I'll have to look up more about him. I just thought of the stuff that he wrote in that book we read. But anyway.
0: Yeah, it was pretty. It was. Yeah. I mean, he let's just say his mind does travel south.
1: Yeah, it does. <laughs> Okay, our next question is: What fictional character would you like to meet, and why?
0: Okay, so this one also is is kind of a no brainer for me. At nineteen, the one coming of age book. It's an ensemble book, but for me, it really is a a coming of age story. The Last Picture Show. One of the main characters' name is Sonny Crawford, and I identified with the character so much uh, growing up, and it really you know kind of. A lot of people say Catcher in the Rye got them through college. Last Picture Show got me through college and it went, Mm. um, it has uh, a lot of facets in it that at the time I identified so much with, with Sonny having like huge crushes or even just emotional love affairs with primarily older people. I always felt like an old soul. So my, you know, my people were 10, 15 years older than me when I would fall in love and, and then having, Big city dreams, but then a lot of nostalgia for, like, the quiet. This t- took place in Wichita Falls, Texas. So it was very much, a you know, a southern storyline. And I, and I grew up in the Midwest, so, like, that really wasn't the same. But I, I just felt like, out of my group, I was always the level-headed fixer, just like he was throughout the book. If you're not familiar with it, it's, it's, a, it's a fairly quick read. I'd almost call it a novella made into a very famous movie as well. Mm -hmm. But I uh, that definitely, and I always joked too. I mean, I'm way too old now, but they, I always said, if they redo it, you better have me (laughs) as Sonny (laughs) Crawford, even though I can't act.
1: (laughs) Well, that was a great answer. That really was. Thanks. And I kind of knew your background with that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and, and also a shout out uh, just Literary wise, uh, the it was written by Larry McMurtry. Uh, rest in peace. I think he passed away not too long ago. And uh, Last Picture Show has several sequels to it. So um, oh. if you're if you're looking for you know some really good good writing or uh, you know sequels on it, definitely recommend.
2: Okay, Jeff. We always like to ask our guests, what are you currently reading?
0: Right now, I will have to. See, it's a little trashy.
2: Oh, that's okay. That's
0: okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I remember we had, uh, Rebecca and I worked with a a lovely librarian named uh, Stephanie, uh, and she, very highbrow reader, very, you know, it's all Jane Austen, it's all whatever. And I remember, she and I are very good friends, but I remember I was a little offended years ago. We were talking about, what are you reading now? And I think I was reading it might have even been like a graphic novel or something before they became huge. And, uh, she looked at me and she goes, well, at least you're reading. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought I'm like, Urgh. okay, but anyway, so no, I, I love, I love, uh, you know, good Hollywood dish. So, um, I just finished Matthew Perry. Oh, yeah. Really, really good. It, you know, a bit of a downer. I mean, if 90% of it focuses on, and I was not a big, huge Friends fan, so mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting it to be a love letter to all of his co-stars. But um, it was ninety percent of his addiction problems, and it was. But it was a very satisfying read, and oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I recommend that one. Uh, and also written that one. Actually, this one I'm listening to. It's uh, Valerie Bertinelli's. It's called Heidel is Enough Already, and it's it's a memoir. It's not like a full autobiography, but. You know, she was definitely one day at a time was huge for me when I was growing yep. up. And the fact that, you know, she I, I loved Van Halen and, you know, that that whole connection. And it's a fun read. It's it's a tight read. Um, oh, I, I'm probably 10,000 on the list, but I will read
1: Spare. I was going to ask you if you were going to read that. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I am. And the thing is, I'm not a huge Anglophile and I'm definitely not like a royal watcher. But I just find it's one of those books where I want to get kind of get to the bottom of like who I it's I don't know who to trust out of any of it. yeah and so I I want to see how much I believe out of it yeah you know we'll we'll see and I I know nothing about Meghan Markle I don't uh, I I find it you know a little sad that out of the you know wealth and privilege that the you know Windsors have. Just, you know, throughout history that you have two brothers that can't get along. I, I, I don't know. I just, it, it'll be interesting.
1: Well, Jeff, is there anything else you would like to add about um, reading or books or being a librarian or anything?
0: Well, I will say this. I uh, kind of got roped into doing a a, a story time. I, I lost a friendship over it. <laughs> we got into it. But I will say that the story time, because I was a great school teacher before I was a librarian, and the traditional story times that I grew up with, that's, it has um, changed so much. And when I did a lot of going around to different branches to view what is expected of story time now, it, it was really, it, it was an experience. And I, of course do a lot of comic book stuff just for fun. So I did a superhero story time and I did, by their rules, I did a lot of repetition, a lot of finger play, a lot of songs, a lot of short books so that I could do three at once just to keep, you know, a, a lot of physical activity to keep them moving and focused, which was so different from what I remember doing. 30, 30 years ago when I was teaching. So, uh, but I will say that with all, like we were talking about video games and all that, the, and all the distractions that are there get kids reading as young as possible so that they, so that when the distractions come, they know how they'll still love it. Yeah. Just throwing that, that that library connection in there again, (laughs) kids, get them, get them when they're young.
1: (laughs) Jeff, we want to thank you so much for being a guest on our podcast. We really do appreciate it. It was great to chat with you and uh, just continued best wishes. And then when you retire, come and visit me, okay?
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, it'll be before retirement. We'll, I, I will see you before that, I promise.
1: Sounds good. <laughs> thank you, Jeff.
0: Thank you for having me on. This has been just true joy.
2: Thank you for joining us on our bookish journey. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing, rating, and reviewing Canada Reads American Style wherever you listen. You can connect with the podcast and Rebecca on Instagram at Canada Reads American Style and with Tara at On a Branch Reads. Until next time, keep reading.